Joe can do. Those long calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. Arrived at the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into the Jack and Jenny Wilborn Media Room, where I am a lone soul. There is no one else here. John Warren is usually here. He usually is the man in charge of the setup. He is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he will call tonight's game from Tulsa. The Beavers trying to go one and one on this road trip in the beginnings of a very busy week. I was, uh, as always, glad to hear the open with uh, my friend and hero, Bruce Coburn, uh, providing the vocals, the lyrics, the guitar strumming and all of that into our nice and easy, gentle entry into the Joe Beaver Show. was also glad on this Monday, the day after another episode of Yellowstone Drops, and I was happy to read over the weekend that Kevin Costner, the uh, star power, uh, the force of nature behind the uh, show Yellowstone, Taylor Sheridan, Costner, of course, the star is John Dutton. Uh, I think that should work, and we're going to try to make it. We'll try to figure it out. I'm wondering if there's a, a full headphone jack like that, possibly, at the end of that. I'm, I'm trying to conduct some business here in the Jack and Jenny Wilborn Media Room as we welcome you into the Joe Beaver Show. Just a quick thought. I'll take a break here in a moment, Ian, and I'll talk to you about it. Uh, looking to get a little bit of help to get the proper connections for Jonathan Smith, expected to join us at noon. Quick note, I, I, I watched Yellowstone last night. Not real thrilled with the episode. Didn't think it was one of their better ones, but was so glad. I mean, Kevin Costner recently performed, a singer, a sold-out concert at the Ryman in Nashville, and he closed the show covering Bruce Coburn's Last Night of the World. So all these years, through all the decades, loving the great troubadour from the north, the great Bruce Coburn, I'm so glad that somebody with the cachet of Costner and Yellowstone and his popularity maybe at an all-time high, singing and closing with Coburn's Last Night of the World at the Ryman recently in Nashville. That heartened me. What heartened me more, though, far more than a cover of Last Night of the World by Bruce Coburn was a 35-14 to 14 victory over Stanford as the Beavers achieved their sixth win. Now, we have issues today, which is not surprising with respect to our phones. Otherwise, I would be greatly reliant on Dave from Tumwater and Paul and Picard and old friends across uh, the board at the, the Joe Beaver Show. Those of you who have been with us for decades now, we appreciate it. This would have been a day I would have loved to have heard your thoughts about what the win means, what you thought of the game. Our phone system within the studio at KEJO is down and being worked on, so we cannot take any calls. However, the text line is always open. And so if you have any texts, thoughts via the text line you'd like to share about the win, your experience of it, and even more important now, while the sixth win is a tremendous accomplishment and never to be looked down upon in any wise, not given the Beavers' history in terms of the recent years, becoming bowl eligible is a big step. It's an important step in the building of the program, 
and through the historical arc of the program. I counted it up just getting ready for the Beavers in Stanford over the weekend, believing that the Beavers would, would win and would get to their sixth win. It's only in 77 years since World War II, this is only the 26th season among those, 26 years where you have a chance for a winning season since World War II. And so it just again tells me that we should never take for granted in the long historical arc of the program here what it means to achieve a phrase that was not even in play, of course, until the last 20, 25 years, quote, bowl eligible, unquote. That was not a thing in the DeAndros days who had teams that would have been bowl eligible from the standards that we live in today. D had some great clubs that didn't go to the postseason. And Tommy Prothrow had clubs. The only bowl available was essentially the Rose Bowl for conference members for so many years. So there have been a lot of teams that would have achieved this threshold and not gone to a postseason game. Highly unfortunate that these teams in particular didn't have a chance to go in the giant killer era. But the Beavers will go to a bowl of some sort. But to me, the bigger thing, with due respect to that, and over the 77 years and the 125 years of Oregon State football, I think you, you savor, and we ought to savor as a fan base, what it means that Jonathan has lifted the program from the depths that it was in. If you read John Wilner this week, he breaks down the Beavers and the program that Jonathan took over, 1-11 and 0-9, and, and not that long thereafter, as Wilner said, I'm writing these words, the Beavers are bowl eligible, and they're still in the race in the Pac-12 North. That's the thing that still occupies my interest, because it's true, they are. Beat Arizona State, beat Oregon. Yeah, I, I know that those are the, the toughest parts of what I'm about to lay out most likely. But if you do, and it's still alive, at two weeks to go in the season, you're still alive to win the North. You beat Arizona State, you beat Oregon, Utah wins in Salt Lake City and they're favored to do so Saturday, and Washington wins the Apple Cup. And they've been doing that on a regular basis, and even in Washington's disarray, the game's in Seattle. They'll play with great pride and energy in that game, as they always do. Then the Beavers are your Pac-12 North champion. So, yes, a lot of difficult things, need a lot of hard challenges to get there. Uh, face the Beavers, no doubt. And the biggest thing, trying to sl- slow down Rashad White this weekend, most uh, high among them, highly uh, placed among the challenges ahead. But the fact is, with two games remaining, what I just laid out isn't a, a, a series, a huge list of things that have to happen to give you a chance to win the North. You went out, Utah and Washington win the right games, and you are the Pac-12 North champions playing for the Pac-12 championship. So that is remarkable in its own right. We're going to take a break. would love to have your reflections via the text line at 497-5356. The University Honda text line, 541-497-5356. When we come back, TJ and I with John getting ready for men's hoops tonight in Tulsa. TJ Matthewson and I will talk about the game over the weekend, the calls he took on the postgame show, the disarray in Seattle and the entire state of Washington, looking you know, both programs looking for head coaches. A bizarro time to be sure in our league, USC looking John Wilner says he thinks there's other programs that may be looking and maybe even including the team coming in here this weekend, depending on how things play out and the investigation plays out and all of that into that program. So we are in a very volatile era within the Pac-12, and yet in our world, here on a blustery day in the Mid-Valley in Corvallis, getting ready for a $20 one-last-ride ticket special on the 
uh, west side coming up Saturday night. Hope you take advantage of that. You have until uh, tomorrow afternoon to grab up those $20 bench seats and turn Reeser Stadium into a tremendous home field advantage Saturday night. Uh, whatever your thoughts are, we've got a lot to get to. In our world, uh, there's, a, I think, a pretty good feeling about what the team has accomplished and where we are and what's still ahead. So if you have any thoughts you'd like to share as we go to break, feel free to do so, 541-497-5356, 541-497-5356. Mike Parker with TJ, John on the road in Tulsa. More coming up on the Joe Beaver Show from the Jack and Ginny Wilborn Media Room on 1240 Joe Radio. Luxury Vinyl Plank Flooring is really popular right now, and Corvallis Floor Covering carries several different brands. LVP Flooring is waterproof, durable, very affordable, and mimics the look and texture of real wood. Window coverings are an easy way to update a room, and Corvallis Floor Covering has new fashion looks by Hunter Douglas and Norman Window Fashions. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They're at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Rhodes Warden, an independent, locally owned insurance agency, can provide health, home, auto, business, and farm coverage from many of the nation's top insurance carriers. The professionals at Rhodes Warden will customize a plan to fit your needs. Stop in or go to their website to see all the companies they represent and find a helpful array of information and services on the web at RhodesWardenINS.com. Rhodes Warden in Albany, Lebanon, and State. Locally owned and operated, Qdoba Mexican Eats in Corvallis, Salem, and Eugene are hiring now. Qdoba is currently looking to add new and flavorful talent to their restaurant teams. New hires can earn $14 to $15 per hour. You'll also enjoy great perks, including benefits, free employee meals, and a flexible schedule. Students are welcome to apply. Call or stop by the Corvallis, Salem, or Eugene Qdoba today to learn more and apply. Qdoba Mexican Eats is an equal opportunity employer. Philomath, Oregon, 2002. A couple brothers had an idea to bring better internet access to rural parts of the Willamette Valley, an internet that meets your needs. We get it because we live here. If you're learning or working from home or keeping up with changes in the field, we are here to keep you connected to your world. Alirica High-Speed Rural Internet. Plans starting at $49.99. Call Alirica today. Online at alirica.net. Alyrica, the friendlier internet. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids specializes in Prius sales, Prius service, and Prius batteries, but also services all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Get peace of mind before you hit the road with Dave's Guardian Full Vehicle Inspection Report so you know about possible failures before they occur. With over 120 years of experience under one roof, you'll get expert service every time. Off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany, online at davesperformancehybrids.com. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. The home of the Oregon State Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio. We continue on a Monday morning anticipating Jonathan Smith's arrival around noon for his weekly press availability. If you have any thoughts you'd like to share, we encourage you to 
use the University Honda text line to do so as we have some phone issues with the downward dog phone line. But the text line is operative, and we've gotten some texts in, and I see a few others lingering from T.J. Mathewson's foray into the uh, Thai Express postgame call-in talk show after the Beavers romp over Stanford Saturday night. We'll get to that here in a moment. But in the more immediate, we are getting some texts and appreciate your contributions today. Uh, one texter, I'm not sure who this person is, but says, does OSU look hard at Jimmy Lake as defensive coordinator? I think it's too early uh, whomever that text is from. I've heard that scenario already presented a few times in different places. Uh, I think the guy that's currently uh, running the defense after the dismissal of Tim Tibisar deserves the strongest of consideration to be the full-time guy with the interim tag removed. And he, I thought the defense did a nice job against a, an undermanned Stanford team, an injured Stanford team, a Stanford team that looks nothing like the Cardinal teams we've seen through the years with David Shaw, but I think Trent, you know, in putting together a game plan with the rest of the coaches for a tough Arizona State team, if they find a way to win that and play well on defense, and then again the following week, I think you may be looking at your guy right there, and Jimmy Lake getting paid $9.9 million. I, I'm just, I'm just not so sure right now what Jimmy's status overall is. I think it's too early to talk about all of that. Another texter asks, how does this compared to 1999, there was a far greater sense of joy, and I mentioned it during the broadcast, uh, after watching the fans come onto the field again, which has almost uh, become a right at Reeser Stadium in 2021. Fans not able to attend in 2020, not able to rush the field, save and cut out form in the rivalry game victory a year ago. Uh, the fans have come out and really savored and celebrated these wins at home. The Beavs now 5-0 and at Reeser. And if they get to 6-0, and I, I like their chances to, to keep that momentum rolling and go down the road, and who knows? By then, they, that game could indeed be for the North Championship. It could be that clear cut. But how, how does this compare to 99? There are some comparables, but the 99 thing was far greater from the standpoint of what the breakthrough meant then. That had been 28 consecutive years of losing. This stretch, while rather dismal and painful and frustrating, only extends back to 2013. <laughs> That's uh, 20 years less than the previous run of futility. So uh, I think that there's been enough uh, goodwill towards the program in the ensuing years from 99 and the breakthrough to a winning season in a bowl game and the Fiesta Bowl and 11 bowl games in 15 years that while we have lamented the downturn, and certainly the Beavers uh, were in an abyss for uh, a couple of years. Jonathan Smith, I think, has been showing signs steadily, building, working a way to bring the Beavers out of it. So I'm not sure that the level of futility and despair was quite as great going into this year as it had been through nearly three decades of losing seasons consecutively. So it's a, it's a wondrous achievement. It's a wonderful achievement, one to savor and not take for granted. But I don't think it quite has the same type of uh, almost uh, exuberant, uh, euphoric feeling that the win over Cal in 1999 gave the Beavs in winning their sixth game. Dave from Tumwater, thank you, Dave. Six wins indeed makes the Beavs bowl eligible, but it's important to get a seventh win this week or next because, to quote Mike Parker, whoever that is, 
Only that makes the Beavers winners. Dave from Tumwater. And, yeah, that's a good point, Dave, that I've not belabored. This makes the Beavers bowl eligible. It does not clinch a winning season. Uh, you'd have to win. If you lose out, then you have to win your bowl game. And we're assuming that there will be a bowl destination, and I believe there is, that the Beavers will have a bowl game. But with one of the games taken off the table, yeah, Again, I, I expect the Beavers to be in postseason no matter how the rest of the regular season plays out. But it's not a guarantee exactly, nor is it a guarantee of a winning season. Uh, you have to go win the bowl game, as the Beaver team in 2013 did, to make it back-to-back uh, uh, bowl seasons in 12 and 13. Brian Hefty writes, uh, given Jimmy Lake's firing, your assessment towards Jonathan is a viable candidate in Seattle. Uh, that's interesting in its own right. Uh, I, I've seen his name come up already in a number of circles. I expect that that will continue, that Jonathan's name will be proffered and put forward uh, as a possibility to succeed Jimmy up north. But I, I don't believe that's something that, unless, again, Jen Cohen saying resources aren't a problem here for us, and she made that very clear yesterday. That they, She said we can go out and hire the best coach possible for this job and that money in that sense won't be an issue. She essentially said that yesterday. Uh, sometimes there are certain offers, you know, that Marlon Brando spoke of in the film that I've only recently fully seen about an offer you can't refuse. You wonder if there are certain times certain offers may come that will blow your socks off that even somebody as grounded and rooted in, in, in everything at his alma mater and doing all that he is here might at least get his attention. But I do think you'll continue, Brian, to see Jonathan's name come up with respect to that job and to others perhaps in the league, uh, even the one down south. If the Beavers finish this thing out and do win the North, as I said earlier, if the, if the Beavers win the North and go to the Rose Bowl, winning the Pac-12 title game, his name will be bandied about all over the country, not just out here in the West, because that will be recognized and understood as a remarkable achievement, one of the great coaching jobs of the modern era. So I hope to see our guy's name come up on a lot of these lists. It means a lot of good things are happening, but I think he, as Scott Barnes has said, he's our guy. I believe he's the guy here for a long haul at Oregon State. John Wilner's not so sure about that. In fact, that's why Wilner says that the volatility in the conference and the, the openings may increase, and he says in his latest article on Jonathan and recounting uh, the mire from which Jonathan dug the Beavers out of to get them bowl eligible, he said now the important job is to keep them at Oregon State. And so Wilner's right. I don't, again, just dismiss that. Ah, he's happy here. He'll offer a hometown discount. He, he'll, I, he'll need to be, I think, properly taken care of and will be, but I do think his heart is in this place. And all things do not necessarily have to be equal. They never really are. To, to be able to keep your guy, to keep him doesn't mean that, that an offer that might come from a Washington or somebody else has to be absolutely dollar-to-dollar matched. I'm not sure that that's the world that, that Oregon State lives in or even Jonathan himself is in with respect to how we've used this place and what it means to him. So... Good question about Jonathan in Seattle. His name has come up already and will continue to, I'm sure. But I think he's our guy, said Scott Barnes, and I think Jonathan feels that way about this place and what he's doing here and building here. We'll see. 
Adam in Albany, great win. Bowl eligibility ensures that this season is a step in the right direction. As for the game itself, I was more unimpressed with Stanford than I was impressed with the Beavers. I get that. Stanford, that, can you believe that that was Stanford? The Stanford teams that have beaten the Beavers 11 consecutive times and the Stanford team that earlier this year beat Oregon. It, it didn't seem to resemble either of the great teams that Harbaugh and Shaw have had here through the years and had the Beavers number. Uh, they, they were a shadow of themselves and really a mess on offense at the quarterback position. So I, I hear you, Adam. I hear you. Nevertheless, that's been a, a hurdle for the Beavers to clear. When I think about their four conference wins this season, USC, Washington, Utah, and now Stanford. <laughs> Again, you beat those teams this year. We know deep in our soul and our guts and not necessarily that deep how rare that is and how difficult it is. Those are four wins over programs that have continually beaten the Beavs. There's still a streak to get over against that outfit in Pullman, and that's a mystery and a loss that keeps on giving in a sense. Had you won that game, you were, you're in control of your destiny in the North. But essentially, you are. And that's a tough one. But the four other wins have come against programs, whatever their circumstances, however straightened they have been in those circumstances, the Beavers have won those games. And that's to their great credit. Adam concludes his text by saying, looking forward to the ASU game and tailgating on the west side of the stadium will be forever changed. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. I hope Sarah can come by and uh, share some thoughts about the $20 uh, ticket that's being uh, touted for the game through tomorrow. You can get one last ride on what is now the old side, uh, the west side, one last ride, a $20 ticket for bench seats. Another texter from the, it looks like the 425, uh, given the debacle with the head coaching position on the Montlake cut, an interesting name has popped up potentially to be considered the Huskies' next coach. That name is Kalani Sitaki, current head coach of BYU, once a part of the staff at OSU. Yes, I've seen Bruce Feldman had Kalani Sitaki at uh, the top of his list. Kevin in downtown historic, uh, I'm not sure, Brownsville? I'm not sure where you are exactly, sir, but thank you. For that. <laughs> I'm not sure uh, where this uh, town is that you're referring to. Should I know it? He liked that Trent appeared to rush what looked like three linebackers, DBs, on, first, on the first third down play. That will keep offenses off balance going forward. He did have both inside linebackers blitzing on that first third down and put the freshman quarterback Patu under duress, threw hurriedly and not in stride and threw incomplete and a three and out had been recorded. Uh, getting a text, and rightly so, uh, George is very disappointed with so many things lately with us. George, we're sorry. We're sorry to disappoint you. I'm disappointed that the interview with the men's soccer coach was not able to hear until the very end, and it was hard to hear it. Something needs to be done about this. George, there's a lot of things that need to, need to be done, and everything's being worked on. That's all I can say. Thank you for listening and uh, caring enough about uh, our shows that uh, you, you have been sharing with us about all the things that need to be worked on, and we appreciate that. Uh, Dear Joe Beaver Show from uh, Doug in Salem, if you can get the great Husky Softy Mahler on your show about the disarray at the UW, 
thought the game last Saturday, kind of like the Cal win, giving the Beavers their first winning season in 28 years. So happy with the warm win Saturday night and ready to travel somewhere during the holidays. Doug from Salem, who's been traveling up and down, watching the Beavers play in 2021. There's another trip coming, and we look forward to that. It was a beautiful day. My gosh, 61 degrees at uh, kickoff time, and yesterday about 66, 67 degrees, just unbelievable. Bob Keith writes in, nice convincing win by women's basketball. Yes, a 30-point win, Bob, I would say qualifies as that. Next week, next games this week, Wednesday and Saturday, Cal Baptist and Cal Bakersfield, respectively. Wednesday and uh, Saturday. And uh, let's see what else here. What about the men's soccer team, Don? Yes, congratulations. Pac-12 champions, number one seed in the NCAA tournament. I'm hoping you know, we, we have phone issues and thus... I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get Terry Boss or a player, but that's something I'm working on, hoping somebody might be able to swing by right here and join us in the Jack and Ginny Wilborn media room. But what a what an exciting tie. It's it's the, maybe the greatest tie in the history of ties, with the Beavers getting a, a goal in the final minute and then holding on, where in this case a tie was as good as a win. No question about it. You needed a tie or win to clinch the outright, and they did it. We're going to take a break, try to work on some things here uh, within the Jack and Ginny Wilborn Media Room. Jonathan Smith expected to join us at noon. T.J. Mathewson will share some thoughts with us. I'd like He was on the front lines of the Beavers' 35-14 win on Saturday night over Stanford. Want to get some of his thoughts about the disarray in his hometown as well as uh, just the kind of calls he fielded Saturday night with the Beavers romping over the Stanford Cardinal. Not something that uh, we've said for a long, long time. In fact, the last time the Beavers won handily over Stanford was Jim Harbaugh's first year in 2007. I think the final was 31-6 that year in 07, Harbaugh's first year, and it was down on the on the farm. And ever since, the Beavers, uh, until Saturday, had just one win since then over the Cardinals. And they'd had some close losses, yes, but this is the first time they've won handily against a Stanford team in 14 years, and it gets them bowl eligible and keeps them alive in the Pac-12 North. We'll break. We'll come back. Thank you for the text. We'll get to more of them as we go on this Monday morning from the Jack and Ginny Wilborn Media Room on 1240 Joe Radio. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley. Trump says the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it. Drive it. Fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. At Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis, we realized a long time ago we'll never be able to memorize all the plays in our playbook. We just have too many options. Over 36 fresh toppings for you to choose from, multiple crust options, gluten and dairy-free options, plus dine-in, takeout, and delivery to most of Corvallis, just to name a few. So we can't memorize all these plays, but with all these options, we've made Woodstock's Pizza 
pizza for all on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beeves. Middleton Heating has kept Mid-Valley residents comfortable for over 72 years. Middleton can service, repair, or replace all types of brands of heating and cooling equipment. Plus, they offer financing options on new equipment and also participate in state and federal incentive programs. If your heating unit is giving you trouble, if you have kitchen or dryer venting needs, or if you're just looking for some sheet metal, call Middleton Heating today. You can count on Middleton Heating for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Find them online at middletonheating.net. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. Philomath, Oregon, 2002. A couple brothers had an idea to bring better internet access to rural parts of the Willamette Valley, an internet that meets your needs. We get it because we live here. If you're learning or working from home or keeping up with changes in the field, we are here to keep you connected to your world. Alirica High-Speed Rural Internet. Plans starting at $49.99. Call Alirica today. Online at alirica.net. Alirica, the friendlier internet. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley. Trump says the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it. Drive it. Fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timberhill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. 1240 Joe Radio. Mike Parker with T.J. Matthewson in the Jack and Jenny Wilborn media room awaiting Jonathan Smith's arrival into said media room for his usual Monday presser. And it is not the usual in the sense that when Jonathan arrives today, uh, he'll be talking about a team that has achieved bowl eligibility. It hasn't happened since the 2013 season. And the Beavs haven't even, uh, they played for it twice. In 2014, they went into the last game of the year with a win, would have put them into a bowl. They lost and went 5-7. and seven. And there was nothing riding in 15, 16, 17, or 18. We well know with the pain and remember how close the Beavers were to bowl eligibility in Jonathan's second year in 2019. Last year, it never really felt... Uh, that the Beavs were in that kind of position in the weird year that it was. So with two games to go to have achieved bowl eligibility, is a, it's an important step for Jonathan and the Beavs. We appreciate your reflections on it thus far on the University Honda text line. But the first person who had the chance to kind of hear Beaver Nation out Saturday night was our own T.J. Mathewson, who's back in studio today with John in Tulsa. We'll visit with John a little bit later 
on the Joe Beaver Show. TJ, uh, thanks for taking time and running things, keeping the uh, keeping us alive on the air today. How was Saturday night's show? What was the general mood from the fan base? Uh, it was good, John, or John, Mike. Uh, we didn't have any phones on Saturday night, too, so I didn't really get, like, the, the true authentic feel of um, – of what I guess what it's like to finally be bowl eligible for the first mm-hmm. time in in eight years. Uh, the text line was very happy though. I mean, pretty pretty similar to what we're seeing tonight. I mean, you can you can scroll up and see some of the texts from Saturday night. You know, pretty uh, euphoric. I was I was asking uh, around what what bowls are are preferred. A lot of holiday bowl, Vegas bowl would be cool too. Uh, I was looking at projections this morning. I saw one holiday bowl, one L.A. bowl, and then one Vegas bowl for the Beavs, mm-hmm. uh, which was sort of the general feel of the call-in show, which, you know, we still made it about an hour on the, I guess, technically text-in show on, on Saturday night. But it was good. I think people were relieved, much like the team. You know, the monkey is off the back. Yeah, that, that's nice to hear, TJ, and I'm glad to hear those projections. I haven't even looked into this. I, I just haven't given it enough thought yet. I probably should have, but but didn't. And that is the bowl eligibility with six wins. Does it, and I'll ask Nick Daschle, who's here from Oregon Live, are there, a, with the Red Box Bowl out of the mix, <laughs> is there a bowl landing spot for anybody that has six wins in the Pac-12 conference? That's my question. If, if the Beavers somehow stumble, lose out, finish six and six, yes, they're bowl eligible, but are there enough bowl affiliations, Nick, as far as you know, to make sure they have a landing spot? Uh, yes. I, I believe, uh, Mike, I believe I'm reading Nick's piece right here. Hey, I have it pulled okay. up next to me. Hey, hang on. Hang on just a second. I'm at TJ's answering. So, TJ, you keep answering that while I listen to Nick here in the background. Go yeah, ahead. So, uh, for Joe Beaver listeners, I have Nick's article pulled up here about the Pac-12 Bowls and the options. So, the, obviously, the options go like this. Rose Bowl 1, Alamo 2, Vegas 3, Holiday 4, Sun 5, LA 6, and then ESPN, if there is a seventh game, gets to choose to place that final Pac-12 team into either the First Responder Bowl in Dallas on December 22nd, the Gasparilla Bowl on December 23rd at 4 p.m. in Tampa, or the Armed Forces Bowl on December 28th at 11.15 a.m. So what Mike was referencing at that six-win point, I believe that is the six-win point right there. Uh, If the Pac-12 gets six, uh, six options available, so I believe now... The eligible teams in the Pac-12 are Oregon, Utah, ASU. I'm assuming Washington State's going to get there. Um, I think I said UCLA. Yeah, UCLA's there. Um, so I think the way it's shaping up is that um, is that there are going to be at least six bowl eligible Pac-12 teams. And if Oregon, of course, goes to the college football playoff, that shifts everyone up one uh, as well, which would probably take. Uh, Oregon State out of consideration for those final three bowls, the first responder, the Gasparilla, and the Armed Forces, and would probably put them in the L.A. Bowl uh, if Oregon State was on the um, the last year of that. Remember, because after the Rose Bowl, Mike, it's all about what the bowl wants and not what not necessarily what records decide, although they do look at conference record for those. Yeah, and I appreciate that, T.J., and, and Nick, and you're reading Nick's piece, so uh, he has already done some work in that respect. I, you know, for me, it's just a one game at a time situation, even though I look ahead to winning the next two and Utah beating Oregon and Washington winning the Apple Cup and the Beavers playing for the Pac-12 championship in Vegas. But it's still just one game at a time. And so I hadn't done the full, 
uh, dive yet into what bulls you know are available and I, I had a momentary concern when I saw the red box went El Foldo that if you had eight teams for example bull eligible in only seven spots would there be an odd team out that was my concern you understand what I'm saying yeah I do yeah. Okay. Um, but Regardless, uh, things are looking, looking up. And, Mike, uh, some breaking news here at the station. Uh, I believe the phones are back. Well, let's try that. Uh, let's try it, please. Yes, and, and so well, let's uh, take a final break. And when we come back, somebody please test out our phone system at 541-497-5356. Dave, I know you've already texted, but you're always good for a great call. We'd love to hear from you or anybody else who wants to ju jump in on the uh, Downward Dog phone line. Let's test out the line, see if they're working, and then that creates more possibilities in the second hour to visit with John Warren, perhaps to visit with Terry Boss, uh, to try to talk to somebody from the men's soccer program, maybe Sarah Elcano as well, about the one last ride promotion on the west side. It's a busy week, and we'd love to hear from somebody now to test out our phone line. It would be helpful to know they're back in business. 497-5356, a final break before we hear from Jonathan Smith coming up in a few minutes here on 1240 Joe Radio. Luxury Vinyl Plank Flooring is really popular right now, and Corvallis Floor Covering carries several different brands. LVP Flooring is waterproof, durable, very affordable, and mimics the look and texture of real wood. Window coverings are an easy way to update a room, and Corvallis Floor Covering has new fashion looks by Hunter Douglas and Norman Window Fashions. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They're at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Rhodes Ward and an independent, locally owned insurance agency can provide health, home, auto, business, and farm coverage from many of the nation's top insurance carriers. The professionals at Rhodes Warden will customize a plan to fit your needs. Stop in or go to their website to see all the companies they represent and find a helpful array of information and services on the web at RhodesWardenINS.com. Rhodes Warden in Albany, Lebanon, and Staten. Rhodes Warden Insurance Agency. You can depend on locally owned and operated Qdoba Mexican Eats in Corvallis, Salem, and Eugene are hiring now. Qdoba is currently looking to add new and flavorful talent to their restaurant teams. New hires can earn $14 to $15 per hour. You'll also enjoy great perks including benefits, free employee meals, and a flexible schedule. Students are welcome to apply. Call or stop by the Corvallis, Salem, or Eugene Qdoba today to learn more and apply. Qdoba Mexican Eats is an equal opportunity employer. Philomath, Oregon, 2002. A couple brothers had an idea to bring better internet access to rural parts of the Willamette Valley, an internet that meets your needs. We get it because we live here. If you're learning or working from home or keeping up with changes in the field, we are here to keep you connected to your world. Alirica High-Speed Rural Internet. Plans starting at $49.99. Call Alirica today. Online at alirica.net. Alirica, the friendlier internet. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids specializes in Prius sales, Prius service, and Prius batteries, but also services all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Get peace of mind before you hit the road with Dave's Guardian Full Vehicle Inspection Report so you know about possible failures before they occur. With over 120 years of experience under one roof, you'll get expert service every time. Off I-5 at Highway 20 in Albany, online at davesperformancehybrids.com. 
Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. At Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis, we realized a long time ago we'll never be able to memorize all the plays in our playbook. We just have too many options. Over 36 fresh toppings for you to choose from, multiple crust options, gluten and dairy-free options, plus dine-in, takeout, and delivery to most of Corvallis, just to name a few. So we can't memorize all these plays, but with all these options, we've made Woodstock's Pizza, pizza for all, on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. The home of the Oregon State Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio. Welcome back into the Jack and Ginny Wilborn Media Room. Mike Parker here in the room. John Warren is in Tulsa and will be joining us. We triangulate the world with T.J. Mathewson in the studios in Albany. Yours truly here, John. I'm not sure whether uh, what the situ- what the situation is in uh, Tulsa, where he is at the moment getting ready for tonight's broadcast, but... We are reaching out, hoping to talk to Terry Boss sometime next hour. Congratulations to the Oregon State men's soccer team. Uh, The number one overall seed uh, for the 48-team tournament and have an opportunity because of their lofty status to get a first-round bye. One of 16 teams to earn that first-round bye. Then the Beavers will open NCAA tournament action with a second-round match a week from Sunday, or actually uh, this coming Sunday, the 21st, uh, at Lorenz Field, as the Beavers will host the winner of St. John's in Princeton. The Beavers joining a field of 48 teams. The first, second, third, and quarterfinal rounds will be held at campus locations, and then the Men's College Cup will be held December 10th and 12th in Cary, North Carolina. What a year. And if you're the number one overall seed, it means that the committee believes that you have a chance to win the whole thing. And what a, an amazing, talking about accomplishments, and we're savoring the Beavers in their sixth win and getting bowl eligible with an almost a certain bowl destination at the end of the year with two games to play in the regular season. That's just an amazing accomplishment for Coach Boss and his program. So congratulations to Terry, and we hope to hear from him next hour. Speaking of amazing accomplishments, as we have been living in a pretty good run of events, uh, that was not part of the good run right there, hearing dial tone. TJ, I don't know what that means. Did we lose John? He was on no, the line. No, we didn't. We have John. Uh, okay. We, we're, we're still troubleshooting the phone here in the studio. However, John is on the computer whenever you're ready. Oh, okay. So the phone lines, by the way, thanks to so many of you who tried to call us on the Downward Dog phone line. The issues have not been fully resolved. The dial tone you just heard may have been part of it. We still cannot take phone call, so we may not be able to reach out to Terry Boss in the manner that I'd hoped, but John has joined us via a clean feed on the computer from Tulsa. John, hello. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Can you hear me, Michael? Yes, I can. It's a little strange. You sound clear like you're in the next room, but uh, kind of an odd (laughs) echo. I don't know what, but the very fact that we can hear you is a good thing. What's life like in Tulsa today? Well, it's a beautiful sunny day. By the way, I can hear myself as well, so I'll okay. just have to ignore that. But it's a beautiful sunny day, 
And uh, the Beavers are getting ready to take on Tulsa tonight, a team that uh, I don't think is as good as Iowa State was. There were 12,000 here the other night. We'll see about 2,500 tonight at best. And um, it's a beautiful facility here, the Reynolds Center. And there have been two really good practices by the Beaver team. Hey, John, when you said 12,000 to 25, you're talking 12 in uh, Ames, and you're expecting yes. 2,500 tonight. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Okay, gotcha. What do we know about, we'll talk about the Beavs in a moment, but you go into the deep dives as we all do when preparing yeah. for teams. I know nothing of this Tulsa team and program. What kind of year are they coming off of? What are they all about? Uh, 11 and 9 last year, or I'm actually 9 and 11. Mm -hmm. This year they were picked to finish 7th in the American Athletic Conference. Um, they lost to Air Force by a point on Saturday afternoon at home. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think that this is a, a team that's going to really challenge the Beavers, even though, of course, you have to give respect to all your opponents. And even Iowa State, the way that Oregon State shot the other night, could have the Beavers could have won that ball game. They just, um, they just couldn't hit shots. They weren't taking great ones, mm -hmm. but uh, a few of them didn't fall. Iowa State had a couple of long, long droughts where they didn't score, but neither did the Beavers, and they couldn't close the gap. And yet they were still in it. They, they fought hard until about six minutes to go, and there was a couple of um, opportunities to score and then get the ball back to close the gap. They didn't do it. And... Um, uh, you know, ended up losing and had some really good practices before tonight's game. They they want to get the win tonight. They got two games at home with you calling them, and then they go back to um, to Florida to take on uh, some Division One teams. Starting with Wake Forest, that's uh, quite a matchup, and then either uh, LSU or Penn State down at a tournament there. But this team, I got to tell you, Michael. There's one thing that I'm learning in doing all of my prep work for all these games, and that is that every team has seven, eight, and sometimes nine transfers on their team. Yeah. And in this game tonight, we're going to see something that's happened already, and that is a player that started out at their school, went away for a year, <laughs> played somewhere else, and is now back with their school. Yeah. And Jariah Horn is that player here. He went and played at Colorado for yeah, a year. Yeah, I remember. He played pretty well last year for the Buffaloes. He's not. He's, a, he's their leading scorer right now at 21 points a game. <laughs> and uh, he's the one that they're worried about. Yeah. But, again, back and forth, it's just the oddest thing. Um, and I, I don't – I think it'll settle down a little bit because this is the one year where students get to mm -hmm. transfer and play right away. Mm -hmm. because of COVID, that will go away. But the transfer portal will probably stay alive and well and, and keep us with uh, a slew of new players for each team every year. And, John, in that sense, it's, it's odd that you talk about in preparing for all these games and the other teams. In a very real sense with this Beaver men's basketball roster, your preparation has to be almost as intensive and deep on <laughs> on your own team, trying to yeah. learn who Trey Williams is and, you know, Dexter O'Connell, et cetera. I mean, these are new entities who played elsewhere that require right. going back into the archives of those programs. So a lot of that going on, it's not – you're still, and I know I am too, when I get to call my first game Thursday, I'm 
I'll be familiarizing myself with our own personnel to a great extent. Now you're you're exactly right, and, and I I kind of experienced that before last um, I don't know was it Tuesday when the Beavers beat Portland State. Mm-hmm. Portland State had eight brand new players. Right. <laughs> Same thing with Iowa State. Same thing with Tulsa and Oregon State, and and then there was a couple of guys who didn't get into that uh, Portland State game. Xavier Malone Key he made his debut the other night against Iowa State. Uh, we saw Ahmad Rand against Portland State, and he was uh, very flashy with great dunks. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, blocks. Block shots, great length, yeah. right? Yeah. Great length. He may not go tonight. You'll hear that from Beaver coach Wayne Tinkle in my pregame conversation with the coach. Um, Does he have but, a, uh, is he a little bit of a setback or physically? Or? Uh, I don't think it's from the original injury. Oh, it was uh, groin. He said groin. Okay, okay. So, yeah. well... Whatever the case, John, you've said you've been you've had a couple of good practices. What are the, the things coming out of the three for twenty two from three point range shooting game that the Beavs yeah. had in Ames? What what are some of the things that you've seen the Beavs really emphasize and concentrate on in these practices the last couple of days in Tulsa? Playing together, trusting each other, and running the system. Mm-hmm. Because going three for twenty two from three point range, a lot of that was one on one stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you lost me here, but I lost you. No, I can. You. Okay, I can, there we go. There we go. Got you. Anyway, I can hear you. Um, you know, just not playing together, which can be the perils of having a bunch of new guys. Right. And uh, I'm sure every team across the land is going through that. That has seven or more new players, especially players who are playing a lot of minutes, and all these new guys are for Oregon State. So, you know, there was some rushed shots. Um, some one-on-one stuff that, you know, coach had to get on him about. And uh, after he did, they they practiced really well. They ran through their sets and looked good. And today in shoot-around, there shouldn't be any issues with sight lines or or not seeing the rim because the guys were draining shots from everywhere. It's good to hear. John, tell me a little bit, when you're on the road and you've experienced this many times through the years, Beaver football's going on and you're a long way from home, but... Bless your heart. You paid 15 bucks on the airplane <laughs> to watch the Beavers beat Stanford during your flight. Is that accurate? I had to do it. Good uh, for Mike, you. <laughs> I, I had to do it. I'm looking at it, and it's like, okay. And then at first I thought I read that it was $15 for 30 minutes, and I thought, oh, no. <laughs> but it actually lasted. those quarters. Okay, yeah, 15 right. bucks for the game. So, yeah. And so you were on the plane watching it, and I think everything you talked about and believe was going to happen did. It's, ever, it's yeah. hard to ever predict a route by the Beavers of Stanford or really, you know, anyone with due respect, just given, you know, the history and so on. But the odds makers turned out to be right in terms of yeah. you know, we thought the line was pretty high, but it wasn't high enough. <laughs> well, and to the, the uh, texter who said, well, hey, mm-hmm. it's not the Stanford team that – has right. beaten us on all these years. True, but the Beavers crushed them. Right, right. So, what more do you want? No, exactly, exactly. And I was, I was pleased, John, and we'll hear from Jonathan Smith here in a few minutes. Thank you for bridging us. And we, what time? Give us the particulars. What time, Pacific time, are you on today? 5.30. 5.30 Pacific, okay. Yeah, pregame show. 
You need to deliver a win tonight, John. I'll be I will. very disappointed in you if you don't. <laughs> no, you don't have to worry. <laughs> I'm okay, bringing home to, okay, a victory. Good, good. Hey, by the way, did you hear, and I thought she did a great job, Elise Woodward pressed into play-by-play -play duty for the Huskies the other day <sighs> with uh, Tony Castricone on paternity leave, his mm -hmm. wife having a baby, so he missed the game, and Elise Woodward doing radio play-by-play -play for the Huskies. And I heard her and thought she did a tremendous job. I, was, I texted her this morning to tell her that it's not an easy thing to do. Even if you're you know, a seasoned veteran, she's done a lot of television play-by-play, -play, mm -hmm. but never football. And I thought she handled herself you know, like a long-established pro, did a great job with that. And it is a, as you know, it is a completely different animal to call radio play-by-play -play yeah. for any sport. And I, I saw that. I was in my hotel room, and I thought, oh, when I'm done putting stuff away, I'm going to go over to my computer and, and sign on. And then I got distracted, and I forgot to do it. I really wanted, she did a good really job. wanted to hear that. But she, you know, I hope to have her on during the week. I want, today's not the best day for it. Yeah. But what a, oh, what a weird world we're in in the conference, huh, Johnny? With Jimmy oh Lake, 13-game era. And as the writers have been pointing out who cover the team, Christian Capel with the Athletic and others, Nick Rolovich and Jimmy Lake will have never played in an Apple Cup against each other. I mean, wow. That's just bizarre. It is bizarre. And I have to throw in one thing to some of the Jimmy Lake to Oregon State or anywhere yeah. else talk. And this isn't anything against him, but you have to wonder. I think the reason he got let go was not for wins and losses. It was for hands-on players. So does that follow him around like a scarlet letter? Well, that's a fair question, John, in the sense when I said earlier somebody mentioned with that kind of talk out there in some circles, I th it's too early with respect, I guess, to judge that. I agree with the more cynical view of some of the writers who said if Jimmy Lake were 8-2 and two and had a bit of a sideline incident, <laughs> it, it, may have, it may not have been looked upon as, um, uh, as you know, with such scorn as the yeah. fact that he's four and six, the program's four and six, and there have been other things. As I think it was uh, Capel who wrote in The Athletic, an excellent article, I know you're a subscriber to it. Capel summed up, it wasn't just one thing, it was an accumulation of a lot of things. I do think the incident on the sideline uh, in the Oregon game, combined with an alleged incident two years earlier yes. when he was still the D coordinator, combined with the comments about Oregon, combined with mm -hmm. losing these games and the hiring of John Donovan, Capel made the strong case that it wasn't just one thing, it was a lot of things. And that, uh, So, you know, whether he is, as you say, maybe right now looked upon uh, with, you know, a certain degree of skepticism because of the sideline, I, I don't think that's going to carry as much in the long run as some of maybe the other things that led Jen Cohen to make the decision she did. But I don't. I know there's talk about him, you know, being the D.C. here and all of that. As I said, yeah. I think the Beavers have the guy right now, and the next couple of weeks will give him a chance. Trent Bray, I'm talking about, to continue to build his own strong case, and I think he's got a strong case to be to be named the full-time guy. I really believe in him. I've always loved him as a player, as an assistant coach. I think he's mm -hmm. got a great chance to get the job himself. Couldn't agree more. Need a bigger sample size, but. I, I would expect him to, to rise to that challenge. For Lake, the comment I have on that is that contracts are so big now. These guys are getting so much money. 
And there's been so many mid-season firings this year all, all over football. Where's all this money coming from? There <laughs> must be a lot of boosters <laughs> stepping up. Well, Jen Cohen made it clear when asked about that. She, you know, she's, you know money. She essentially said that's not an issue for us. We've got, we've got all we need to go make the best hire for Washington. But they do owe Jimmy 9.9. I have a feeling Jimmy's going to yeah, just kind of take a deep breath and sit things out, <laughs> survey the landscape, let let this let the other stuff settle down that you're alluding to. And I still think he's highly regarded as a as a secondary coach, yeah. a, a guy that sent guys to the NFL. And, and, you know, I mean, his star was as bright as any in this league a couple of years ago when he got the job. So it's a it's a stunning fall from that status when he was yeah. first introduced. But I still think he'll end up in a, in a good gig somewhere. But I think things have to settle for him for a little while. I agree. And he's only 44. So he's got a lot of yeah. football in front of him. Yep. Butch Davis was told today that he's not coming back at, uh, I think it's Florida International. So you just see it in the headlines every other day that uh, they're paying guys off. And after two, three years and saying, uh, yeah. here's your money and we'll go get someone else. The, the, these quote-unquote splash hires that everybody want, be careful because there aren't, that many big names that are left. Mm-hmm. And another thing I'm noticing, too, and this could be in football, but I see it in basketball, with the transfer portal and all these transfers. Now, I'm thinking basketball right now, but maybe it applies. There's so much parity. There really is. Yes. You expect uh, certain schools to be dominant and good. They're not anymore. Mm-hmm. Like a Nebraska. Scott mm-hmm. Frost stayed on, took some pay cut, but... I think that there's maybe, gosh, a handful, less than that, like an Alabama, uh, Penn State, I don't know, that are going to stay on top and dominate everyone forever. But everybody else with, with moving around and transfer portal and stuff, there's a lot of parity. John, we're awaiting Jonathan Smith. will be here uh, at the Jack and Ginny Wilborn Media Room podium in a few moments. This will, these are always entertaining sort of times to follow the lists that are drawn up. Adam Rittenberg submitted one for the Husky job with ESPN. I've not seen it. I've emailed it to myself and hope to read it later. Bruce Feldman in The Athletic, his first name on his list, you know who it was? Uh, Jonathan Smith. Well, no, he doesn't even mention Jonathan. Feldman doesn't. Kalani Sataki. Oh, yes. Nice. 19 and, three, 19 and 3 in the last two years and unbeaten against the Pac-12. He also has on his list Jay Norvell from Nevada, mm-hmm. a really wild card guy. Fresno State, he, Feldman says that an underappreciated guy, kind of hiding you know, under the radar, is Kalen DeBoer at Fresno State. Feldman mentions him. Feldman mentions Justin Wilcox. He mentions Jeff Choate, the Texas co-defensive coordinator. I'm not sure that anybody on the Texas staff should ever be considered for a job oh. again. But Jeff Choke <laughs> is mentioned, uh, a former assistant to Chris Peterson, Joe Moorhead, Brent Brennan, and Chip Kelly. That's the list for Bruce Feldman. I was going to ask you if the shine is off of Brent Brennan. I hope it's not. Well, according to, to Feldman, it's not. And that, hmm. But he ha- that's his list, which I found interesting and, you know, kind of, an unusual uh, all-over-the-board kind of list with those names that he mentioned. But it's amazing that both coaches, <laughs> both programs up north. 
In the meantime, we wait Jonathan Smith here. By the way, um, and we congratulate Terry Boss. How about that? Yes, yeah. yes. I don't know what happened on your end to the interview. I conducted it, and any technical issues came had to have come out of Jeff City because we were just playing the feed that we got on KJO, um, and just being the other thing. I want to clear the air. Yeah. When people are hearing me come back mid sentence, it's not because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> It's a technical glitch yeah. that was happening back in Jeff City, and they were told about it and have been working about it all day today. Okay. And so hopefully that'll be fixed. And one other anecdote, you mentioned Texas, oh, five straight losses, Kansas, Sarkeesian's yes. already on the hot seat. My son was at that game. Oh, really? Yeah. He went to How a wedding down there. How does he end up at a game in Austin? Okay. He went to a wedding. It was also a mini reunion of his fraternity brothers, and they were sitting in the Kansas section watching the game. Hey, Jonathan. Uh, John? Jonathan's yes. here. So, John, thank you for your time. And that and is also, my name, by the way, yeah, so no, yes. We'll be listening to you tonight. Have a great call. Bring Thanks, home buddy. a win for us tonight, John. Good talking to All you. Right. That's uh, John Warren. Jonathan Smith has arrived and ready to go for his Monday press availability here in the Jack and Jenny Wilborn media room. Okay, I think we're, uh, I think we're good to go. Um, digesting that, that film, a lot of good stuff, really, in all three phases. Um, defensively, uh, I thought they played aggressive. I uh, wanted to contest, and that showed up. Got around the quarterback a little bit. Was really pleased, obviously, with taking the ball away three times. Uh, made a difference in the game. Like we talked about after, offensively, found some balance. Thought chance was pretty efficient with the ball. Um, really, you know, hurt ourselves with some penalties offensively that they kept us out of the end zone a couple of times. And then, you know, not, not a bunch of work special teams wise. There wasn't a, a, bu a bunch of plays there. Uh, actually, gave chance a little bit of a hard time on the punt. The one time we punt, the guy kicks it through the end zone. Um, but outside of that, you know, really pleased for for the group. Worked hard for that win. Think the crowd made a difference, and it was a it was a great night that way. But always on to the next, and uh, we got a real challenge coming up this Saturday against a good football team. Um, Arizona State finding ways to win a lot of games, uh, and they can do it on both sides: defensively, physical, stout, uh, good senior-ridden. A lot of veterans on that group played a lot of football offensively. Starts with the quarterback, especially in the run game. You got to have an answer for them. They got a good physical line. The backs good player and they got some talent on the outside to throw it to so um, and you see it statistically in this league after 10 games where those guys stand on offense and defense so big time challenge can need the crowd again I'm excited about being the last home game for a lot of a lot of guys on this team and and hopefully playing well enough to earn a earn a earn a, earn a victory um, in regard to the defense obviously Stanford's struggling on, on offense. How did you evaluate how your defense played, given that you know you don't want to fool yourself into thinking you were better than you were, just given who you were playing? What did you see? Yeah, there's no question Stanford's been dealing with some injuries um, on that side of the ball, in particular at quarterback. Um, at the same time, you know, defensively, they were where they needed to be, uh, sound in their, their assignments, you know, and, and tackled well, played aggressive. So it was, there's a positive there. Um, but each each opponent you play is going to have a different personnel set, which we're definitely going to see this Saturday. What did you feel like was most improved on the defensive side of the ball? 
Yeah, um, I thought in the on the secondary end, um, contestant playing a little bit more aggressive man coverage some of the time, um, and I thought they played well in the run game because they're playing with a, like a wildcat quarterback some of the time, and they needed to be a part of that the run fits, and they did a good job of that. The the third down defense was better this what, what was it just a matter of first and second down were better so third down was better or, i think some of that you feel like you did something different on third i think a couple one they were in a little bit longer down in distance because we were better on first and second down um i thought you know we put together a couple pressures that got affected the quarterback and need to get the ball out a little bit sooner and then i go back to this coverage was was tighter then one more defensive question um how do you feel like your run defense is right now based given that you're playing against Probably one of the better run, yeah, run games in the in the league. Um, yeah, I, I think that we're going to need to play well on Saturday. This run game uh, for Arizona State. I mean, you can see it last weekend um, the way they they ran the ball. And again, it's they're physical, athletic, but also the scheme makes it hard. They're running multiple schemes, types of runs, and the quarterbacks a factor in it. So it's a real challenge. Yard mark this week. Uh, what does that say about you know his patience being a guy who you know, for most of his career was a backup but now to take advantage of the opportunity he's gotten this year yeah he he's he's definitely played well this year uh and he'd be one of the first to tell you he's got some help around him o-line tight ends and things i do give him a lot of credit and respect for like you mentioned being patient from when he arrived here continued to work hard didn't see a bunch of carries had some guys in front of him and that's not always easy um, but he kept plugging away, and he's reaping the benefit of it right now. Uh, after such a big win for this program on Saturday, I mean, you mentioned it, six was the first of many goals. Uh, how do you kind of get the guys to come down to earth a little bit? Because before you guys go to wherever bowl game, it, you know, there's still a lot of football left. Yeah. Um, they definitely enjoyed the victory Saturday night and celebrated amongst themselves. Um, I did feel like coming back yesterday with the team, talking about we had so much football in front of us, meaningful games. This is what we wanted to do, to play meaningful games in November. Um, and so I think these guys will be back to work starting tomorrow and, and practice, knowing we got a serious challenge. And I think they're going to be excited to play one more time in Reeser. Uh, with, the, with the crowd, the success we've had at home, uh, they'll be fired up about it. What's the tough thing about going against a quarterback like Jaden Daniels who could not only throw but use his feet a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you know, it starts a little bit discipline because you got to account for him, like I'm saying, in the run game. But even then, when you account for him and you got a guy to be able to make a tackle, you got to be able to make the tackle. This guy's elusive. He breaks tackles. He can run. And he can hurt you with his arm. I mean, they've got some real weapons on the outside. Um, so he's the, he's the complete deal when it comes to quarterback play. As far as Saturday's game goes offensively, do you feel like you got what you wanted out of it as far as limiting uh, those missed opportunities and leaving points and yards on the board? Um, I mean, we scored enough, and what we did took care of the ball. Didn't give it away. That was awesome. Uh, I think we had some real balance um, in the in the run and pass game. The limiting factor was our penalty, and we got to tighten up that. I think we got three holding calls in the first half that more or less stalled drives out, so we, we want to improve on that. Did you sense any tension or anxiety among your guys these last couple of weeks being on the cusp of, uh, you know, that sixth win? Right. You know, I, I, I understand the question. I really didn't. Uh, these guys have been working, um, competed in those games, didn't play as well as we could in those, those two games. Um, so uh, whether it's the, the relief of getting to six or whatnot, I know we're there now, and I'm hoping these guys will let it rip on Saturday.
I was going to say that you feel like getting past that, that six win will let your guys play more free, freely, more loosely. I hope so. I, I mean, again, I didn't see like they weren't before, um, but if that if that was the case, I hope they do uh, come out with some freedom and, and again, excited to let it all hang out. You mentioned Saturday night that Brian, you thought Brian called a good game. What, after you've seen video, what, what, now what do you think? 24, yeah, I think it's just okay, to be honest. Yeah, I was watching the video. No, uh, uh, he, he's done a good job throughout the year. Uh, and again, it's just not him. He's got a great group he works with. Um, but I felt like he put chance in some good situations. Um, let him use his feet a little bit, completion plays, took a few shots, didn't hit them all, and so he had a nice mixture there. Uh, I don't think it's easy when you got three backs that really could command more carries than they're getting to keep them fresh and the mix of the you know, outside run to inside run, play action pass. We got the movement behind the line of scrimmage with fly sweep or receiver stuff going. So um, it, it was a good, a well-called, well-planned game. So feel free to come over the the podium at me on this one, but the fourth and one call where you... Where we, we got it, we gave it to Coletto. And we, no, no, where you oh. didn't have Coletto in the game and he didn't punt and you, and you had a chance to put them back in the game. Oh, yeah. What, what were, I guess what were you thinking there? So you look at the third down play, they actually called it like we were. We got it. And so that was a little bit the thinking. And then, okay, we're going to go to review this. And if I felt like if we were going to be called short, it was going to be barely short. Um and, you know, some of that, you possess the ball. There's an analytic uh, piece of that where they look at fourth and one conversion rates across the country in the middle of the field, over 75, 80%. Um, feeling confident where we were uh, running the ball. Um, and we talked to our team about this thing. We talked to them like, there's going to be some times we are going to try to go get it on fourth down. And, yeah, defense has got to respond. And so I just felt like, you know, at that moment, let's, let's go get it. I was with Jack. He's seven for seven in that situation against Stanford over two years. Why? Why? Yeah. Why ask you to, to, Tuesday, you get Brian, or yeah, you ask know, Brian I, on that I one. Know, I'm yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you a little bit on that. Um, um, a couple of receiver questions. Lindsey didn't play. Is he? He just wasn't healthy and didn't uh, practice. He really didn't practice. He he's dealing with a slight shoulder thing that we're hopeful for this weekend. Harrison's really seemed to pick it up here of late. He had a pretty good game Saturday. And I mean, is he, are you seeing some from him that yep. getting more involved? I think he's progressing. He's good with the ball, getting in his hands. He's had some success on, you know, kind of receiver screen type against Colorado. He had the nice hit. Um, and he's been working at his game and his craft, uh, understanding multiple roles offensively, not just one position. Um, and he's run into it just like a lot of those receivers. We felt like going into the year, we had multiple guys and it's played out that way. And, He's, he's definitely stepped up the last couple of weeks because the ball's come his way. And then on the flip side, Zariah, is, he's, he just, he's hit two catches the last five games. Is he not playing much? He's not getting open? Is, are you just not looking at him? Is, is there any... um, I think a part of that is the fact that there's just going to be a limited amount. I mean, the amount of times we're throwing it, there's going to be less targets for, for really all the guys. Tight ends are going to be included in that. We're not down on him. Um, and we're going to continue to, you know, he played quite a bit, amount of snaps. Um, targets, a little bit less because of the amount of times we're throwing it. And I expect him to, to step up over the next couple of weeks if, if the ball's going his way. With senior day coming up this week, a couple of guys will be recognized, have been here for a long time, been through a lot. Uh, Andre and Trevon in, in particular, 
how important have those guys been to this program, you know, being at rock bottom and now making it all the yeah. way to, to bowl eligibility? Uh, you're talking, you mentioned two of them, really favorites on this team, Bradford, on Jay Hughes-Murray, been through a lot, overcome a lot injury-wise for both of them throughout their careers, coaching changes, uh, different schemes, obviously some just tough defeats and kept battling, uh, couldn't be more. It's kind of like I mentioned even in this game uh, on Saturday, Bradford gets us with a huge play on on the first drive of the second half. Uh, Andre's doing his job and is around the ball, running to it, and those guys have been huge leaders for us, so really the last few years. The Fiesta Bowl team is going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this week. What's that going to mean for you? Fun. I mean, it would be great to see a lot of those guys. Um, uh, I know there's a function Friday night. I'll be able to see a few of them quickly, um, coaches included, coming back and, and celebrating that. I think we've got the uniforms for it. Uh, should be a should be a lot of fun and meaningful relationships with, with those guys, uh, memories of wins, but locker rooms and, you know, times in downtown Corvallis. And a win this week would make you undefeated at home this season, 6-0. and What do you think that would mean to the team and the fan base? Yeah, I mean, uh, huge, because we've talked about it, this this place being a home field advantage. We've taken advantage of it for the first five, played, played well. Um, we're going to need to do it again uh, against these guys. This is good a challenge as we've seen at, at our place but you want to if you want to have the type of seasons that we want to have around here you got to play well at home and win and so we're hoping to to, to do it again Jonathan uh, Arizona State defensively uh, they're just their numbers speak to how good they are what what shows up on film about how they play and how they challenge you they they play a sound scheme that they're not trying to fool you totally I mean these guys line up you kind of have a decent idea what coverage in front they're going to be in um, but they do their job really well, physical, tough to uh, – good tackling because they're athletic out there. Don't miss a bunch of those. And they play an aggressive style going after the ball. Can uh, create havoc for the quarterback with just four-man rush. Uh, as good a like, linebacker core as there is as a group in the league. Um, so they got talent. They got scheme that they got a real belief in, and, and uh, it, it makes it tough. And on the other side, you've already touched on it a little bit, but Rashad White right now is just running – Crazily, yeah. He really had a, two great games in a row, right? Yeah, they, the back's a good player. Uh, tough to tackle. Again, I go back to the scheme is multiple and how they're trying to run the ball. The quarterback's a factor of it. They're committed to running the ball, and they've had some real success. Um, guy breaks tackles. He, you know, he make he makes you miss. He's tough to catch from behind. He's got that kind of speed, and so he's one of the better backs in this league. We have anything else? Thank you, coach. Uh, thanks. That was, uh, of course, head coach Jonathan Smith in a variety of thoughts for coach on the challenge ahead to uh, the Beavs Saturday night. And Carter, uh, Carter Bonds from Beaver Blitz asking about the fact that this is a Hall of Fame week. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go this week on the Joe Beaver Show. But a number of former Oregon State student athletes, teams will be recognized this is the 2020 Hall of Fame class being inducted uh, this Friday night in ceremonies at the Toyota Club. Jonathan alluded to that. He'll be there briefly, and certainly Dennis Erickson is going in as an individual. The 2020 uh, Hall of Fame class on the 20th anniversary was featuring the 2000 Fiesta Bowl team and the entire teams being inducted. 
I think over 60 members of that team are coming back in here for this uh, celebration Friday night. Dennis Erickson, the head coach of that team, is also going in on his own as an individual. But I don't have the full rundown here in front of me. I know I'll have the opportunity to introduce the distinguished guest Friday night, but Jonathan Smith will be one of them. Darnell Robinson, uh, they both will speak on behalf of the team, the MVPs from the Fiesta Bowl. Coach Erickson will uh, kind of will end the evening with Dennis as he shares his thoughts about, and I'm sure they'll be very uh, pointed towards not only reflecting on what that 2000 team was all about in his career here as four years at Oregon State, but I know he has a great deal of pride and excitement for what his quarterback, Jonathan Smith, and the Beavs are doing in 2021. So a lot of that to get to this week. But the likes of Danny Mwanga, Jody Taylor, Mark Radford, Tara Beister, uh, uh, Aki Hill. It's a distinguished class, the Hall of Fame of 2020. Uh, delayed because of COVID for a year. The ceremonies are this Friday night, so it should be a lot of fun across the way at the Toyota Club. And we hope to have a number of those folks on during the course of the week here on the Joe Beaver Show. We will take a break. I think, TJ, pop on here for a moment and share with me live on the air if you can. Are we back in business on the phones or we not? We are. We are. Okay. Yes, I can hear dial tone now, so that, mean, that means we're back. <laughs> that is a, a good sign. I'm going to ask if possible, is it possible for me to borrow and keep this cord with me and my stuff for a while, or do you need it in your room? You need it. Gotcha. For two on this. Okay, we'll figure something else out. But thank you for making that happen. Appreciate it. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. If you have any thoughts on the phone lines, they are open at 497-5356, 497-5356, the University Honda text line, the same number. Thanks for joining us. Mike Parker with TJ and John from the Jack and Ginny Wilborn Media Room on 1240 Joe Radio. Philomath, Oregon, 2002. A couple brothers had an idea to bring better internet access to rural parts of the Willamette Valley. An internet that meets your needs. We get it because we live here. If you're learning or working from home or keeping up with changes in the field, we are here to keep you connected to your world. Alirica High-Speed Rural Internet. Plans starting at $49.99. Call Alirica today. Online at alirica.net. Alirica, the friendlier internet. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids specializes in Prius sales, Prius service, and Prius batteries, but also services all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Get peace of mind before you hit the road with Dave's Guardian Full Vehicle Inspection Report so you know about possible failures before they occur. With over 120 years of experience under one roof, you'll get expert service every time. Off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany, online at davesperformancehybrids.com. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley. Trump's has the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it. Drive it. 
Fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. At Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis, we realized a long time ago we'll never be able to memorize all the plays in our playbook. We just have too many options. Over 36 fresh toppings for you to choose from, multiple crust options, gluten and dairy-free options, plus dine-in, takeout, and delivery to most of Corvallis, just to name a few. So we can't memorize all these plays, but with all these options, we've made Woodstock's Pizza pizza for all on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beavs. The home of the Oregon State Beavers. 1240. Joe Radio. Yeah, that puts it in perspective. Carter Bonds was just telling me as we welcome you back into the Jack and Jenny Wilborn Media Room. He was in middle school. The last time the Beavers were bowl eligible, and this time around he'll get to cover the Beavers in whatever postseason destination is in store for them. And uh, Nick Daschle, like me, Nick's uh, still working. He's the last soul in the room with yours truly. Nick said, I was old. Yeah, he had, he had moved on from middle school at that point, as, as, <laughs> as had I. Yes, and I was old then, too, in 2013. Heck, I was old when they went bowl eligible in 1999 with their sixth win over Cal. But uh, appreciated hearing that from Carter. That puts it in some perspective for him. And that does feel like a long time, right? When you think about your own jump from middle school to graduation from college, but that's all happened for young Carter Bonds the last time the Beavers went to a bowl game. Now, Dave writes in, Dave outside Sandy, and this is a, this is a, a fair point, and it almost goes against the, the idea that we've advanced and that John Wilner and others have advanced and that we have been celebrating in a sense today getting to a sixth win, but here's Dave, not necessarily Dave the contrarian. This man is as uh, positive of a soul as I've ever come across in my years, but here's what he writes. I was glad to see a better effort on Saturday, but I agree. he says, I agree that a 500 season is far from the goal that was set at the start of the year. There needs to be another win or two to offset the Colorado and Cal games. <laughs> okay. I, I hear that, Dave. I hear you. Uh, won't necessarily disagree. The Colorado, uh, Colorado and Cal games were very disappointing, no doubt, as was Washington State. Maybe the most unkindest cut of all was losing that one in Pullman because just one of those three, if you want one of those three, you're still in control of your destiny without needing any help. And the Washington State one is the loss that kind of keeps on giving, and you need help there. You need help. You need the dogs to rise up and win the Apple Cup. 
You need Utah to beat Oregon. Had you just won one of those three, you would have and you would have control. So I get the nature of the disappointment. But at the same time, Dave, again, the historical arc of the program, the, the recent history of the program, a sixth win is nothing to look down upon at all. And I, if you win a seventh, uh, your, your house money the rest of the way, if you beat Arizona State uh, Saturday night here to get to seven wins, then even though <laughs> I still think you'll have a good look at winning the North the following week, no matter what would happen in that game, even a subsequent bowl opportunity, you would have clinched a winning season, and that's huge. And so Saturday night represents another big opportunity. But for Dave, a longtime Beaver fan uh, and a man with a big soul who loves life and appreciates all things, still says this isn't a 500 team, so he doesn't want to see the Beavers lose out. Finish 6-6, six and six, go to a bowl game, potentially lose that and have a losing season. And I do think if that's how it plays out, that would end up being a, quite a disappointment just in terms of how things started and the heady victories against teams that uh, have been beating the Beavers with regularity of late. Again, the four wins the Beavers do have in league play have come against a longtime nemeses in USC and Washington and Utah and Stanford. Dave concludes his text by writing, it was a nice defensive effort under our interim coach. Let's see how the defense responds to higher-rated offenses in the next couple of weeks. Therein is the rub, uh, no doubt, Dave, and Arizona State with a powerful run game. You're going to have two teams that run it well, that have the will to run, the physicality to run, and in Jaden Daniels, who hasn't necessarily progressed as a passer, but is a dangerous runner, Against Washington, he was 10 of 16 for 90 yards throwing the ball. The Beaver defense is going to have to find a way to, to slow Rashad White, contain Jaden Daniels, make Jaden try to beat them with his arm and not let him uh, make big plays with his legs. And the Bees have been somewhat vulnerable to that. We understand that. But Dave's point is well taken. Let's see how the defense operates in the next couple of weeks. Dave outside Sandy, go Beavs. Thank you. Picard, good to hear from you, Richard. He said, uh, welcome back. Great defense Saturday. First time in ages we didn't allow a first-time starting quarterback <laughs> to look like a Heisman candidate. That's true. Uh, the Beavers have had some poor experiences with guys making their debuts, and oftentimes right here at Reeser Stadium. Not in this case. I thought the first series was a good sign. The Beavers with a middle backer blitz. The inside linebackers came up the gut, and Avery Roberts... Uh, came in quickly on Ari Patu, who under duress threw it away, and it was a three and out, and it just felt like a victory uh, right there. That play gave you a sense that things were going to be a little bit different and better, and they were throughout the game Saturday. Good stuff for the Beavs in winning 35-14, to 14, and now the stakes continue to be high. Meaningful games, as Jonathan said. Two games to go, still in the race for the North. That's a great credit to him, to the staff, to the players, and let's see if they can find another winning effort Saturday night. We are going to test now the Downward Dog phone line and see if indeed we're back in business on the phones. And if we are, we hope some of you will take the time to follow Paul's call, 497-5356. Paul, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Mike. Hey, it was good to hear you back, except I could hardly hear you because they play the doggone music so loud. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can about playing that music and 
Sometimes they play it right up till the snap of the ball. I don't know what they're trying to do. They being Jefferson City on the get-backs, is that what you're talking about? or? No, no, I'm talking about the stadium. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know when you they, – they, I'm not sure who you were referring to. You're talking about the in-house stadium music? Yes. They okay. play it so loud that I – with my headphones over my ears, I cannot hear you. The music is so ah, loud when I okay. turn the radio up. That may be a casualty of being in the uh, in the ballpark itself, which is still better, still the best thing. I appreciate you trying to listen over that. Uh, I don't think people listening on the radio outside the stadium are overwhelmed by that in-stadium noise. And I hear what you're saying, Paul. I understand. But I think it's part of the stadium atmosphere that we've all grown pretty used to and accustomed to. And... You know, I, I guess that's just a, the price you have to pay a little bit, and it's not that big of a one if you get to actually be in the stadium. Well, I, I was smart, and I moved over to the old side. Right? <laughs> I could hear the music, but it was muted, okay? Okay, gotcha. <laughs> hey, uh, but anyway, yeah, I, was a, I, I liked the game. Um, of course, I still wasn't convinced, you know, if Stanford was going to pull or Stanford was going to pull a fast one on us and put out another offense that we hadn't seen before, but... Obviously, they didn't have any offense to put out there to, to speak of. Well, when they ran Dylan Plotz, who was on none of our charts, I mean, Dylan Plotz made his Stanford debut during that game Saturday as the third quarterback. They never played Jack West, but they had four quarterbacks, and Plotz had never thrown a pass, and, and, it, and it showed. I mean, his, his second pass was intercepted by Rajon Wright, and I thought that that was a tactical error on Stanford's part there because they had cut it to 21-7. The Beavers went for it on fourth down and didn't get it, and they're at the 38-yard line going in for the Beavers. And I thought, oh, my gosh, we're a play away from this being a one-possession game that the Beavers have utterly dominated. And two plays later, Rajon Wright with an interception on a guy who looked like he didn't belong out there on Dylan Plotz. And that I didn't understand why Shaw and Stanford went with him in that situation. All right, well, I can clarify something up for you, Mike. You thought that Petu was hurt or something, all right? Yeah, right. Well, I didn't know why he wasn't in. In the fourth quarter, he had his helmet on, and he was doing those jump things where they jump up and bring their knees up to their waist. You know what I mean, how they do that jump thing to warm up? Yes. He was doing that in the fourth quarter, so he didn't look like he was injured. I think it was a coach's decision to put that other guy in. Now, you may be right. I haven't read Stanford's... uh, reaction much to it. I also, and I didn't have a chance to, I I may later, it's not that big of a deal. It's somewhat inconsequential. But Paul, if you were listening uh, closely enough at this point, I did, as the Beavers were putting this game away, hearken back to the last time the Beavers had defeated Stanford in 2009. After the game, Jim Harbaugh bellyached about, well, they teach holding real well here at Oregon State. You remember that? The Beavers led 31-7 to at halftime, ended up winning 38-28. And when Harbaugh was asked about that after that game here in 09, his first comment was, oh, well, they do a great job of holding here. They teach holding really well. That was his way of complaining about getting beat by the Beavers in 09 with his freshman quarterback, Andrew Luck. I was worried and even thinking that David Shaw at one point during an entire timeout spent an entire, from going from the third to the fourth quarter, talking to two officials, and then when he was done there, he wandered down to visit with yet another official, 
and it almost looked like he was, it struck me as he might be lining up a similar argument. Well, and I noticed in the fourth quarter there, he got shoot off the field. He was standing 10 yards out of, on the field, and the referee had to keep on, you know, the line, side, line judge had to keep on shooting him off the field. Yeah, he is a tremendous coach and person, and his team and program in a little bit of a downturn now. They're 11-17 and 17 going back at, since the 2018 season. They're 11-17. and 17. They've come back to the pack a little bit. And, and Shaw is such a good coach. He'll be resourceful enough and reinvent his team and get them back to playing more typical Stanford football, I assume. But he was clearly frustrated Saturday night as well he should have been. The Beavers beat them soundly up and down the field. And this is a team that, that beat Oregon earlier in the year. Probably the most impressive win within the conference slate. So, you know, the, it, good for the Beavs to knock them off as handily as they did. Well, good. Then we can beat Oregon uh, two weeks from now. And we'll That's right. Happy. No, exactly. That's how I'm viewing the world today, Paul. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Good to talk to you. Thanks for the call. Uh, we have open phones if you'd care to join us in our remaining minutes. Any thoughts? Did any of you, two things, did you go to the soccer match Friday night? Is anybody listening, go to the soccer match and watch the beautiful 2-2 tie that clinched the Pac-12 title outright and led the Beavers to be named the number one overall seed into the, today's selection show? How notable of an accomplishment as accomplishments go in Oregon State coaching history, is that, in your view, what Terry Boss has done? And did any of you go to the game on Friday and rush the field? We had a rush the field on Friday and a kind of a delayed rush of the field on Saturday. It's not so much celebrating a wild, chaotic, last-second victory a la Everett Hayes and his field goal against Washington to get the Beavers to 2-0, and but we've seen the field a full of Beaver Nation after those victories, beginning with Washington, then with Utah, now with Stanford. Were you a part of uh, either celebration Friday night or Saturday? I have any thoughts about uh, how you would rate the accomplishments of both Terry Boss and Jonathan Smith on this Monday? And if any of you attended the Oregon State uh, women's uh, basketball game, uh, we'd love to get your thoughts about how well they played and how they looked and what it looks like for the Bees. I just got a text back from Terry Boss himself. We'll take a quick break and come back with the head coach of the top seed in the land going into the NCAA tournament. Terry Boss joins us next on 1240 Joe Radio. Luxury Vinyl Plank Flooring is really popular right now, and Corvallis Floor Covering carries several different brands. LVP Flooring is waterproof, durable, very affordable, and mimics the look and texture of real wood. Window coverings are an easy way to update a room, and Corvallis Floor Covering has new fashion looks by Hunter Douglas and Norman Window Fashions. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They're at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Rhodes Ward and an independent, locally owned insurance agency can provide health, home, auto, business, and farm coverage from many of the nation's top insurance carriers. The professionals at Rhodes Warden will customize a plan to fit your needs. Stop in or go to their website to see all the companies they represent and find a helpful array of information and services on the web at RhodesWardenINS.com. Rhodes Warden in Albany, Lebanon, and Staten. Rhodes Warden Insurance Agency. You can depend on. 
locally owned and operated Qdoba Mexican Eats in Corvallis, Salem, and Eugene are hiring now. Qdoba is currently looking to add new and flavorful talent to their restaurant teams. New hires can earn $14 to $15 per hour. You'll also enjoy great perks, including benefits, free employee meals, and a flexible schedule. Students are welcome to apply. Call or stop by the Corvallis, Salem, or Eugene Qdoba today to learn more and apply. Qdoba Mexican Eats is an equal opportunity employer. Philomath, Oregon, 2002. A couple brothers had an idea to bring better internet access to rural parts of the Willamette Valley. An internet that meets your needs. We get it because we live here. If you're learning or working from home or keeping up with changes in the field, we are here to keep you connected to your world. Alirica High-Speed Rural Internet. Plans starting at $49.99. Call Alirica today. Online at Alirica.net. Alirica, the friendlier internet. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids specializes in Prius sales, Prius service, and Prius batteries, but also services all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Get peace of mind before you hit the road with Dave's Guardian Full Vehicle Inspection Report so you know about possible failures before they occur. With over 120 years of experience under one roof, you'll get expert service every time. Off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany, online at davesperformancehybrids.com. The home of the Oregon State Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show on a Monday afternoon that just has a, such a good feeling in the air. We had a beautiful weekend of weather in the 60s, and we had results that have, uh, I know, buoyed the hearts of Beaver Nation. The Beaver football win on Saturday, clinches bowl eligibility. The night before, in one of the memorable matches in the history of Lorenz Field, the greatest draw, perhaps, in the history of the program, a 2-2 tie with Washington that clinched the Pac-12 title outright for the Beavers and led to today in another magic moment, historic moment for the program as the Beaver men's soccer team heading to the NCAA tournament, earning the number one overall seed in a first-round bye. This is heady stuff, exhilarating stuff, and we're joined by head coach Terry Boss, to reflect on it. Coach, congratulations to you. You and your team gathered today to hear the news. Just, it's been a, a beautiful couple of days going back to the Friday win. Congratulations to you and your team, Terry. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, I mean, the, the joy on these young men face when they've, they've set out with a goal to accomplish something. And again, it, it's worth everything as a coach to see their joy, but still see a hunger in their eyes knowing that they want more. You know, it's a special thing about this group. 12-2 and 3 overall, 7-1 and 2 in the Pac-12. And you knew what the threshold was Friday against the Huskies. A tie would get you the outright title. You had to work You had to work for it, didn't you, Terry? Tell me a little about what was going through your mind during the match. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, the Huskies are a great team. You know, Jamie does a great job. They're, they're well-prepared. They're well-coached. Um, and, and we knew it was going to be a fight. We knew what they were going to do, and, and they, they had an idea of, of, of how we were going to play. And, and a lot of times those games come down to execution. And, and I couldn't be more proud of the way the guys executed. And, and more so, just you, you take the tactics. I thought the guys executed from that standpoint, but the, the, the mentality. The mentality to go, to go down 2-1 in the 86 and, and just have a belief. You saw it on the field. You felt it from Beaver Nation in the stands. In the stand. You felt it on our bench. Uh, the guys just weren't going to be denied. They were, they were going to get the point they needed to, to take home that trophy that night. 
And, Coach, I want to talk to you more about the crowd and the beautiful celebration scene in a moment. But to get there, you had to get that goal to tie, and then you hold on in overtime for the win. But tell us about when you saw your team kind of stay with it, stay with it, and then get the play. Take us through that a little bit, how how you were able to get in position for that game-tying goal. Yeah, we didn't panic. We didn't panic. You know, I mean, I think there's, uh, I think a lot of times, you know, you'll see a team, they go down, and then they, they go away from who they are, and they start kicking the ball along. But what, one of our players said it best, and, and it's the thing that I'm most proud about from our group is that from the first whistle to the last whistle, we played our brand of football. And, and we believe um, that that's the best way to score and create chances. So in those moments, instead of kicking it and making it more transitional, which would favor Washington, we kept our composure. We stayed present. We found the solutions. We've done, we did what worked all game long, and, and that's not easy. That's not easy to do. It's, uh, sometimes you think you want to change, but, but sometimes the best thing you can do as a coach, as a team, is, is stay the course, and that's exactly what the guys did. I give them so much credit for it. Coach uh, Terry Boss joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. That is a, it's a great compliment, to Terry, to your team and its buy-in to, to be able to stay yeah. patient. Have you experienced in the past other teams you've either played on or coached where you do kind of get out of yourselves a little bit to try to make something happen? Yeah, I, th- I, think, it's, I think it's an easy thing to do. I think it's an, easy, it's an easy thing to do. I think that that's the beauty of this group, and I've said it before, but it, it's four years in the making to get to this point where we've had the experiences. We, we've, we've, we've let ourselves down. Um, we, we've had success. We've been able to build on both of those. And, and that's the beauty of this group is they keep taking on information. They keep learning. They keep wanting to grow. And they have this resilient heart to, to overcome whatever's thrown at them. And that's where, you, you know, as much as you want to do this in year one and, and you, you want to be able to build and, and make each game better, and that's, that's kind of been the, the DNA of this group. And so, again, just couldn't be more proud of them. Terry Boss joining us on the Joe Beaver Show, the head coach of the team with the number one overall seed for the upcoming NCAA tournament. Coach, before we get to that and your experience today as a team and seeing the joy on their faces when the news was announced, what about Friday night and the celebration at Lorenz? First of all, the crowd and its impact on the, the match itself, but just what a sweet scene it was for you and your guys afterwards. Incredible, incredible. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a goosebump moment. You know, it, it's one of those things, you know, I, I was so thankful for Beaver Nation to, to show up, have, have that support. It was electric. And, and it, to be fair, I, I think they pushed us through moments of that game. There, there was moments when, when, when you felt that, that our team started to feed off of the energy in, in the crowd. So, so a big thanks to them. It, it's, a, it's, it's why we do what we do. We want people to come enjoy the match. Leave, leave with hope, leave with inspiration. Um, and, and it was a two-way street on, on, on Thursday night, and, and that was something that was really, really important to us. And, man, we can't, we can't thank him enough for showing up the way they did. My apologies, Coach. It was indeed Thursday night. I, I was coming out of a COVID quarantine, was not myself for much of last week. So I wasn't even able to come to the match, which I really wanted to. But the fans that did were treated to a great experience. I wonder, Terry, about about the rivalry with that team that you beat. You just said you have all the respect in the world for Jamie yeah. and with the program he's built, and yet it looks like there's some pretty bristling intensity, and that's the way it should be, right? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, that game, it, it, it's two teams that care deeply. It's two staffs that care deeply about their programs. 
um, and 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 we're going to fight for them. We're going to fight for them, you know. And and that, that there's emotion in that, but I also think that that as as leaders of programs, we, we need to handle that emotion well, and 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 teach our young men how to handle that emotion well. Um, and that that doesn't mean that that always goes perfectly. And there's sometimes that yeah, you need to take a step back and get a little bit of space and. And maybe, yeah, maybe maybe there's an apology there. Maybe maybe you need to mend the fence here or there. But I think the the beauty of it is is that it's it's two teams that again care deeply about their purpose and are competitive. And and competitors want to win at all times. And so that's that's what I love about our group. That's what I love about their group. They make us better. They, they absolutely make us better. They make us dig deep. And and that's the only way you can find how good you are. A few more minutes with head coach Terry Boss. So you win. I don't know what your expectations were and what, you know, RPI and rankings and all of that. Being on top, were you expecting to be delivered the number one seed today? Uh, um, you know, look, I, I think we put ourselves in a position to, to be the number one seed. And, and you know, we, we've been doing this long enough. They, they, the committees may see things differently, right? So I think the best thing we could do was, was put a body to work together, put our resume together, and, and then let, let the, call, the cards fall where they like. You know, and I, I thought it would be also Washington as, as the top seed um, for us. You know, of course, we want the top seed. We, we want to compete sure. for everything that's out there, and and that's something that was on the table to compete for. And that's what I love about our group. Um, but but big picture, thirty thousand foot level, the most important thing was that we're a top four seed, which which means we're home for all the way to the College Cup. So that that was a big piece for us to be able to play in front of Beaver Nation on our field. Um, that, that's a special thing for us, Coach, to be in this in in that 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 elite group, that rarefied air to get the first round by, to be at home guaranteed all the way through if you can get that far. How, <laughs> today, again, did you see a group that, while maybe exhilarated by the result Thursday, by today's news, that enjoys it, and they should, they've earned it, they've worked hard, but grounded enough to just stay with the process that got you here as you prepare this week? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, that's what I said to the group yesterday after we trained. I mean, yesterday, yesterday we trained and the guys fought and they competed like they hadn't won anything. And and that that was a special moment for me to see. You know, it was a special moment for me to see that they're still hungry, they're humble, um, they they understand that the process works, and we're just going to take it game by game. Um, and and that's that's what this group has done exceptionally well all year long. Clearly, there's a, a tremendous group of talented. Young men, we've talked about the cosmopolitan nature of the roster from all around the world and so on. But in the mix of all that talent and guys pulling together, Coach, have there been voices? Are there a lot of voices? Are there some of the leaders who've been through a lot of things through the program that have kept you on that track, that grounded track that, hey, you know, here we are, we're going to go to work in training today, and that's all that's on our plate. Do you have voices like that that keep you grounded? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And that, that's probably the, been the biggest difference you know, this year is that we've had we've had multiple guys step up, multiple guys that have now been here for four years. They've they've had their hearts broken. They they've been they've been strong enough to look in the mirror and and say, yeah, we let ourselves down in this moment, but but this is what we learned. And so next time we see this, we're prepared, we're ready. We've already been there. You know, and, and part of part of going through this together is is putting together experiences and not just having experiences, but but being willing to learn from them. You know, and that's what again I. I give so much credit to this group. It's that they, they, they've never feel like they've arrived. 
They're a joy to coach. Every day we step on the field, there, there's a hunger to learn, a hunger to get better. And, and that's what, that's what I, I personally believe you have to have that DNA in order to win championships. Because every group in, in, in the season at this point has got enough quality to win it. But it, it's the intangibles. It's, it's the mentality. It's, it's the players truly understanding their individual why their purpose so they can dig a little bit deeper, but then this group purpose, um, what, what they want to do with the platform they're creating is, is what I think allows you to tap into that, that little bit extra that helps win championships. Final thing with head coach Terry Boss, as we look forward to, we believe gonna, <laughs> a, a lot of great soccer yet ahead at uh, Lorenz Field. You'll face the winner of St. John's in Princeton. And as you That's said, right. at this point, and that will be Sunday at Lorenz. Is the time to be announced on that, coach, or do we know yet what time you'll play? Um, I, I don't think I don't think it's been solidified yet. Um, okay, but uh, hopefully soon. Now, you, anybody can beat anybody now, right? If you're in this elite That's field, right. you you prepare with all due respect for no matter which of those teams prevails. You got a tough match ahead. That's right. That, that, that's absolutely right. I mean, the, both both teams have done exceptionally well. Again, there's 200-plus programs in, in the country, and then we're down to 48, you know. And so uh, anyone, that, anyone that's in the field uh, can, can, do, can do damage, right? And so we're, we'll, we'll approach each opponent like we've approached each opponent year in, year out, every game, and we'll be prepared. We'll be prepared. We'll, we'll know them. We'll know their strengths, their weaknesses, and how we can continue to be us regardless of the opponent. Saturday night, 7.30 at Reeser. It's senior night for Jonathan Smith's football team, which has become bowl eligible. In the midst of uh, tremendous coaching accomplishments, Terry, yours stands in its own right as Pac-12 outright champions, the number one seed. But in this building here and in this, I know how proud you are of what Jonathan and the football team has done to get to bowl eligibility. You know how hard it is, and so we're proud of you, too. But just what about the cohesion within this department? Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's what makes this place so special. That's what makes this place incredibly special, you know. And I, I'm a firm believer that, that, that success creates more success. You know, I mean, you saw it with Wayne and his group. You know, you've seen it with Scott, what they've been able to do, Jonathan this year. I mean, there, there's not a big game that doesn't, that doesn't pass. Um, that you don't hear from these coaches the night up. And, and that's what makes it more special. We're, we're all rooting for each other. Uh, we're all in it together. We're all pushing the same direction. And, man, when, 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 I, when I see these coaches be successful, you're just so proud to, to be a part of this place. Yeah, and Coach has talked about Jonathan who said, let's get Reeser Pack Saturday. Fans can make a difference, he said. You said it Absolutely. Thursday. It certainly did. You want to see Beaver Nation roll that thing back out Sunday, whatever the time, right? That's, that's yeah. exactly right. We, yeah, we, we would be thankful. And, and again, it's, it's, it makes a big difference. It makes a big, big difference. Coach, congratulations on a wonderful year that isn't over yet. We're so proud of you that's and right. the team. Thanks for taking time for us, Terry. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Thanks, Terry. Head coach Terry Boss of the number one seed Oregon State men's soccer team in the NCAA tournament. The Beavers were the first round by and will play either St. John's or Princeton sometime Sunday. We hope that you go to beavertickets.com, uh, call 1-800-GO-BEAVES, make sure that you're part of what should be a tremendous atmosphere sometime Sunday at Lorenz as the Beavers begin a quest for a national championship as the number one overall seed. Wow, what a great times for Coach Boss and his program. 
Doc uh, Matthewson, TJ, back in studio, a true doc. Where are we at time-wise? Are we good on taking care of business? Can we just take this thing straight up? Yeah, we can take it straight up. No more breaks left. Okay. About three, about three minutes to go. Gotcha. Any news as you, as you have, you are a consumer, we all are consumer of websites and stories and so on. Anything that's caught your eye today in anything in the world of sport doesn't have to just be the beeves. Anything you're reading in the Seattle situation in your hometown with the Huskies, anything jumping out at you? Well, I guess one thing I know for sure, Mike, is that it is this this coaching this next off season for the Pac-12 as an entire conference is up there amongst just importance um, overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of nailing these hires, and I know a lot has been made about the Pac-12 and the I'll say lack of quality head coaches and they've been let go this year and it is just so so important for the conference's reputation as a whole after seeing the Jimmy Lake situation Mm -hmm. and the rumors around you know Will Cox at Cal and Clay Helton being fired and you know Herm Edwards could be in his last year as well we don't know Um, so there's just there's a lot to make of this there is a lot it is it is going to be a very important offseason for the conference as a whole. TJ, you mentioned Herm, and that's your alma mater in Arizona State. Do you have enough contacts, sources there? Do you read between the lines or just the lines themselves to have some sort of feel as how things things might go for Herm at the end of this season? Uh, I think it's unknown. I think a lot rides on these last couple of games, winning up here in the cold late mm-hmm. in the season in November where ASU teams typically really struggle. So, you know, if he manages to go 2-0 these last two weeks and win a bowl game, they would finish with 10 wins, Mm -hmm. which would, at the beginning of the season, be like, yeah, 10 wins. Although, as most ASU fans know, there was a lot more there for the taking. Yeah, I think they've rebounded here lately, right? The last couple of wins have been good ones. But if the Beavers knock them off Saturday, and we're all in on that, and I hope you are too, I hope you're enough of a Beaver now to be rooting for that, even against your alma mater, TJ. But if that happens, and if they lose the Territorial Cup somehow, and with the investigation, then the scenario you just painted of a 10-win season, if it goes the other way, then all bets are off, right? Yeah, I would. in terms of... Yeah, of that, yes, because mm-hmm. eight, eight wins just probably probably wouldn't cut it, especially what uh, athletic director Ray Anderson highlighted when he hired her. He said, you know, we're expecting to, you know, compete for the Rose Bowl and be in the mm-hmm. top 15, which every time it seems like under Herm Edwards, they have reached the top 15. They have fallen off yeah. mightily as soon as they reached that ranking. You saw that a couple times this year, both trips to Utah, they were ranked going in and just didn't show up. They seemed mm-hmm. unprepared and such. And at the beginning of the Washington game, they really did seem unprepared, but they managed to bounce back. Big part to Rashad White, as you guys already mentioned. Uh, he'll be featured a lot on yes, Saturday. No doubt. It's an interesting game shaping up, which we'll be talking about all week. Basketball coming up at 530 tonight with John. TJ, thanks for holding down the fort back in Albany, and we'll see you in studio tomorrow. Thanks, TJ. And that's going to wrap it up for today, the Joe Beaver Show. Thanks to Terry Boss for jumping on, and congratulations to the Oregon State men's soccer team. For John Warren, for TJ, for Coach Smith, for Coach Boss, this is Mike Parker. Thanks for joining us. See you tomorrow on 1240 Joe Radio. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio.